Deep within each of us, there is a yearning to awaken our inner mystic. In this podcast, we explore topics related to metaphysics, including the law of attraction, spiritual awakening, consciousness, and ascension. We invite you to join us on a journey of awakening the inner mystic in order to unleash magic and miracles in your life. Today, we will be further exploring the topic of truth versus illusion and really dive deep into this concept of illusion. So last week, we started discussion on our three-part series about truth versus illusion, and we presented information about truth as something for most of us that is related to our beliefs. The problem with this is that beliefs are often based on our programming and our misperceptions, and they are ever shifting as the tides of political and ideological values shift. Today, we wanted to have a discussion about the other side of the truth coin, which is illusion. So illusion was a term I kept on hearing on early in my spiritual journey, and I was really perplexed because I had no idea what was meant by it. Um, I kept on hearing that our reality is just an illusion, and I was like, what the, what the hell is that mean? <laughs> Of course, the universe decided that it was going to show me what that meant because it kept on showing up everywhere. I just kept on hearing this term everywhere. And so I was ultimately led to the meaning of it through the Course in Miracles, which it, it was a text that a spiritual text that was written back in the 1970s. And it really helps the reader to learn how to undo all the beliefs that are illusions of truth. That's basically what it does. So its aim is to undo the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, revealing your true nature as God's holy, innocent child. And when you're able to unite back to God and God's ultimate love through his mind, then you are able to perform miracles. So. In The Course in Miracles, the world we see merely reflects our own internal frame of reference, which include the dominant ideas, wishes, and emotions in our minds. And there is a quote in, in the text that says, projection makes per perception. I'll, I'll repeat it again. Projection makes perception. And really, based on our beliefs, we decide the kind of world we want to see and then project that into the world outside of us, literally creating truth as we see it. And so these truths are really created by our own interpretations of what it is we are seeing. And this is this concept is really what is behind the law of attraction. That is so true that. All the time, the universe is mirroring back to us our current beliefs and vibration. Like Esther Hicks says, we live in a yes universe. So if you truly want to, to know what you believe, just take inventory of your life. For example, let's say many years ago, you made a vision board and it's collecting dust, but you have pictures of lavish abundance and harmonious relationships and you've had that vision board for a while, but you look around and you're still driving in 1995 Honda Civic. <laughs> and every time you talk to your mom on the phone, it ends in an argument. Why? Because you've got some beliefs that aren't in line with what you want. And by the way, I'm describing my life about 10 years ago. 
<laughs> I love that little Honda Civic. It's a cute Honda Civic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so you've got the Honda Civic and the arguments. Well, why? Because you've got some beliefs that aren't in line with what you want. And it, it can be hard to break out of those old beliefs because it's just so ingrained in you. And it can be hard to break out of those old beliefs because it is just so ingrained, that old reality. And it just seems so real and permanent. Mm-hmm. Like, how could this ever change? But there are so many ways to break free. And here's one of my favorite examples of how I broke free of some old beliefs. And it's just as simple as asking a few questions and then turning that old boat around. And it's called the work of Byron Katie. And it's one of my favorite manifesting tools. Mm -hmm. And most people don't think of it as a manifesting tool, Mm -hmm. but, but I do because I've seen magic when it comes to this. And especially when it has to do with relationships. Yeah. And it, so Heather's, um, used this magic on me for, um, many situations where I was struggling with relationships myself, where I didn't know what was going on in the relationship, there was um, a disconnect. And so through this work, I was able to see what was underneath it. And in all cases, it was really me projecting my own beliefs onto these people. So it's it's very interesting and very enlightening to have that work done. Yeah. And and then you realize that those beliefs are causing separation between you and another person. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is, this is what happened about 10 years ago. So I was training to be a life coach and my dad came over to hang out with me and my oldest son, Noah, my youngest wasn't born yet. This is how long ago this was. So I was so excited that I was going through life coach training and I wanted to share my excitement with my dad. So I had this big smile on my face, ready to share, dad, I'm in training to be a life coach (laughs) (laughs) and I got crickets, but he gave me this look like a mix of confusion and disapproval. And so the thing about it is back in 2010, no one knew what a life coach was. And so I might as well have said to my dad, I'm in training and I'm learning how to be a unicorn trainer. (laughs) And (laughs) I think he would have been less confused because at least he knows what a unicorn is. (laughs) He did not know what a life coach was. And so in his defense, that is what was going on, but it still hurt. And he's probably thinking like, I should know what a life coach, but I don't know what it is. So if I say something, I look like an idiot. So I'm just going to shut the hell up. You're so right. Oh my gosh. I think you read his, you're reading his mind. Yeah. So the next time I showed up to class, my, you know, our life coaching program, there was a master life coach who was leading our program that time. And her name is Susan Grace Beekman. And she is a master at the work. And we all came with our thoughts that we wanted to work on. And mine was something like my dad should be supportive of me. And so we questioned it. Is it true? And we turned it around. I should be supportive of me. And that's where the beliefs came up. And the beliefs around life coaching for me at the time was, oh, it's weird. And no one's going to understand what I'm doing and and so on. Then I realized 
that my beliefs about life coaching being weird and that no one's going to understand was reflecting back to me through my dad. He was a mirror to me about what I was thinking about life coaching. And at the very end, she said, so tell me, how would you like it to go? And I said, I want my dad to come over, sit down with me at the kitchen table and say, so tell me about life coaching. And the next time I saw him, that's exactly what happened verbatim. I am not kidding. I, it just blew my mind. It was Mm -hmm. one of those mind blowing moments. Like what is happening? I don't understand, but it was a pivotal moment for me. Like you created that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it was because I had changed my beliefs around life coaching and he was reflecting it back to me. Right. And I have the feeling that when Susan Grace asked me, how would you like it to go? She knew exactly what she was doing Mm -hmm. because when you're at that point of destruction of some old beliefs and the point of creation of some new ones, Mm -hmm. that that is a magical moment. Mm, It's that shift and that aha moment where you realize that all you've been doing is projecting onto somebody else. Yes. Yes. And that's where you can create from. It's kind of like a foot in the door Mm -hmm. right there when you're at that moment, when you're having those realizations and it's like you're breaking a pattern mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the universe responds to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is the law of attraction right there yes. in action. Um, so some of the further principles in A Course in Miracles, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this because I think it's so critical to understanding this idea of the illusion. And A Course in Miracle goes on to say that this world is perception. And this means that our minds are dreaming this universe having a false perception, which is showing up as matter. This matter is just creations resulting from ideas of the mind. And all of these ideas are just thoughts. And these thoughts are nothing more than perception. So when you were perceiving what was going on with your dad, you know, you were creating this reality and the way he reacted was based on your own interpretation of how he was going to react. You thought that life coaching was weird and he was in fact playing out that reality for you, wasn't Mm -hmm. he? He was. Yeah. So the seemingly physical universe is in fact just an illusion or a series of misperceptions. I'm sure now all of you are probably thinking this is really (laughs) far-fetched. And at first we thought so too. Um, you know, I used to think that, okay, this, you know, when I was reading A Course in Miracles, a lot of this was very novel. It was like a paradigm shift for me. And so I was questioning all of it. But then interestingly enough, I started getting all this information through quantum physics. So according to current quantum theory, the tiny particles that make up atoms, including electrons, muons, Tauons, quarks, and gluons, all these lovely names. Um, Anyway, all these particles really have no structure or size. They don't have weight. They don't have physical presence. So basically, they are entirely illusory, or put it another way, they're just simply made up of energy. To make the matter even more mind-blowing, studies are showing that electrons do not have a single presence. They are both a particle and a wave simultaneously, depending on how they are observed. 
in some experiments, they are waves, while in other experiments, they are particles. They are never in a single location at a single moment, and instead exist in several moments at the same time. And unless someone with human consciousness is interfering by observing them through the experiment, they pretty much remain in a probabilistic energy wave state and never actualize into one location in particle form at all. So basically what this all means is that reality as we experience it seems to be the result of human consciousness interfacing with the quantum levels of existence that are pure waves of energy. So the movie Matrix may in fact have had some truth to it, except that we are all creating the reality collectively together with our minds. Yes. And another concept that I really like that Einstein talked about, and they did experiments about this is he called it spooky action at a distance, which Mm -hmm. cracks me up, but it's really entanglement. Mm -hmm. And so what they discovered is, is that these tiny particles do not follow the rules of time and space and that they noticed that they separated two particles that were once together, no matter how far apart they were, if they did something to affect one of the particles, the other would react at the exact same time. This is called quantum entanglement. So these particles were behaving as if there were no time and space between them. And it was non-local, meaning that even though they appear to be separate, there actually is no separation between them. And actually, we have all experienced quantum entanglement. And so... Here's an example. So you were thinking about a friend that you haven't talked to in a year. And all of a sudden, that friend texts you at that moment when you're thinking about them. I think that's an example of quantum entanglement. That happens to me all the time. Yes. (laughs) Yes, me too. And like the Course in Miracles says, all minds are one. And to take it a step further, we are one with the whole universe and everything in it. And the illusion is the separation. Mm -hmm. That's the illusion. Mm -hmm. And in doing research for this topic, I went and I watched one of my favorite movies again called I Am. And it's directed by Tom Shadiak. He directed Bruce Almighty and Mm. Ace Ventura. He's a really famous director, but... What happened to him is he had a spiritual awakening, which led him in the movie to go to a place called the Heart Math Institute, which is a place where they scientifically study the heart and how powerful it is. That's their focus. For example, the heart has an electromagnetic field that's 60 times greater than the brain, and they can actually measure your electromagnetic field three feet away from your body. You all do yourselves a favor and watch this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll put a link to it down in the description. But at the Heart Math Institute, they study how the heart's electromagnetic field interacts with other people and things in our environment. And in the movie, they had Tom Shadiak sitting at a table with a Petri dish full of yogurt in front of him. And they had electrodes on the Petri dish. And the scientist was sitting there and asking him questions like, have you talked to your agent? And then the, the yogurt would react like the little uh, meter thing would start to move up. 
like indicating that the yogurt's having a reaction <laughs> to what are Tom, you kidding I'm oh not my kidding. gosh I have not seen that that is crazy you need to watch it wow and the thing about it is Tom Shadiak was not hooked up to anything it was just the yogurt wow. that they were measuring yeah and then the next question was have you talked to your lawyer recently and the thing just went off the charts the yogurt was just <laughs> really stressed out about <laughs> So Tom Shadiak said, you know, how does this work? And the scientist said, we really don't know. (laughs) We really don't know. But what we do know is that your heart is producing an electromagnetic field that things Mm -hmm. in your environment will respond to. Mm -hmm. This, this points to the fact that what the ancient mystics were saying, and, you know, ancient indigenous cultures have been saying for thousands of years that we really are connected to this vast energetic web. And we think our thoughts and emotions and energy in the world that we think it's not a big deal then and that it doesn't matter, but it does. Mm -hmm. You matter. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes for positive energy and sending out love into the world. So if you're sitting on your meditation pillow and you're sending out love to the world, that is real. Mm -hmm. That's a real thing. And there are other studies that have actually measured that. Mm -hmm. We won't go into it this time. It's called the Maharishi effect, but they have studied that. So that is a real thing, kind of like the butterfly effect. And so just because you can't see it does not mean you're not affecting change on an energetic level. And also one of the main points of the movie, I am, is that Tom Shadiak goes through a shift in perception. And what happened was, and this has happened to many of us, he bought into the mindset that the more stuff I have, the happier I will be. Then he's standing in the foyer of his 17,000 square foot mansion and a light bulb comes on and he realized, I am no happier than I was before I bought this mansion. So what he did was, is he just accepted that belief system as the gospel truth and he let it dictate his behaviors in the world. And so Irene, you were telling me the other day about this great story the other day about how a small shift in perception can change how we view someone in an instant. It's such a great story. Oh yeah. This is, this is pretty cool. Basically what happened was my husband has this well, had a coworker. It was in a past job and we'll call this coworker bill. And so he shared this experience that he had in an airport during one of his work trips. Bill was waiting for his airplane. So he decided to go purchase a pack of cheese crackers and eat them before he got on the airplane. So he sat down next to this man as he was waiting to board and he decided to eat his crackers. So After Bill took his first cracker out of the package, he set it down on the armrest between he and the other man. And to his shock, he like turns over and looks at this other man who's also taking a cracker out of the package and starting to eat it. He's like, okay, (laughs) this is strange. (laughs) So anyway, you know, this goes on for a few, a few turns. He, you know, he takes another cracker out he's eating it. And then this other man is taking this cracker out of this. (laughs) It's like this communal crackers, you know? And finally there is one cracker left and the man says, go ahead. You take the last one. (laughs) So obviously Bill is thinking, what the hell? (laughs) 
Anyway, he ends up getting on the airplane and settles into his seat. And, you know, as he settled in, he (laughs) feels something in his front pocket. So he reaches down and lo and behold, he pulls out the crackers he had actually just purchased from the kiosk. So it turns out he's actually eating somebody else's (laughs) crackers all along. And I was like, holy crap, what a mind blowing story. That is just hysterical. I mean, you cannot make that stuff up. Oh my God. Like, I think the universe was like definitely trying to teach him a few lessons, right? For sure. (laughs) So the moment he realized what was going on, the whole narrative in his mind just shifted about this man. So he was viewing this man as rude and obnoxious and Like, what the heck is this guy doing? Maybe he's a nut. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, this guy is very polite and generous after he found out what was happening. Yeah, because this man is letting him eat his his crackers, (laughs) right? Yeah. And I just love that story so much because it reminds me of a famous Wayne Dyer quote. He said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm. And I can relate to the story because I cannot tell you how many times this has happened to me. And I'm sure our listeners can relate too. So sometimes I'll make up a story about someone that isn't remotely true. And then I stress myself out for days about this story until I realize it's a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. So just the other day, I was texting with a friend from high school and we were texting back and forth. And I said, let's hang out. And then I get crickets mm. and I'm thinking, oh, my God, oh, what did I ever say? Ever dreaded crickets. Yeah. <laughs> the text on the Have crickets. Have read it? <laughs> Have they seen it? What's wrong with me? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I know. And so, yeah, I was thinking, oh, she doesn't. I went there. I mean, your mind just goes. Oh, she yeah. doesn't want to hang out with me. I'm sure we've what? all been there. <laughs> yes. yeah. What did I say to offend her? And. The next day she texted me back and she was super excited about hanging out. I mean, I don't know what happened to her in the meantime, but, you know, that lesson came up again Mm -hmm. for me not to buy into that narrative because your mind always comes up with the most negative narrative if you don't get a hold of it. And that reminds me of a story that our friend Catherine was telling the other day about how your mind gets you, about how you'll your mind will get you with these same patterns. And it's like she brought up the metaphor of falling in a hole. Mm. Like every day yep. you're walking down the street and you fall into a hole. <laughs> then the next day you fall into the same damn hole. Right. And then the next day, oops, here I go again until you finally go wait a minute, I am not falling into this hole again. And so that happened to me the other day. Um, I texted my oldest son, his name is Noah, his friend's mom. And I was inviting her son over for a play date and she didn't get back to me. I mean, it was days and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, was, was Noah rude the last time you went over there? <laughs> then I, wait a minute, here's the hole. Here's the hole. Don't fall in, don't fall in. I was right at the edge. I could see the dirt falling over <laughs> and the rocks. And I stopped myself and I said to myself, you know what? I bet she saw my text then got distracted, then forgot to text me back. 
The next day, I kid you not, she texted me. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw your text and then I got distracted and forgot to text you back. So it's amazing how that works when you stop yourself. And I saved myself a couple days worth of stress. Oh, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You know, and I think we've all been in that experience where we've fallen into those holes. We've created these stories. You know, we've concocted them. It's like fiction. You know, we're creating this whole illusion basically on what reality is when in fact it's like you have no idea what's going on on the other end you you just don't know especially in the day and age of texting back and forth i mean sometimes i don't even for some reason my texts don't even show up on my screen if i get multiple texts or or i might miss them and so you know, I'm sure that's happened to everyone where we've missed a text or mm-hmm. or we get busy or sidetracked or we went to hit send and it, it never got sent. And so, and, and yeah, and these poor, these people that have, you know, have missed your text or haven't texted you back have no idea they're part of this dramatic scenario. Yeah, they're <laughs> going on in your stories <laughs> like you could write a book on it. Yeah. Yes. What happened? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so... I wanted to share the message that I received in the Akashic Records about truth and illusion. For those who haven't listened to our previous podcast and don't know what the Akashic Records is, it's basically a multidimensional library of light wherein all the information and wisdom pertaining to each and every soul ever incarnated is encoded in light. So usually we go into our Akashic Records when we are trying to get more wisdom and insights into the topics that we're covering on our podcasts. So when I went into my records this time, I asked my master's teachers and loved ones about truth. And I was shown this vision of the sun on a cloudy day. The sun was hidden behind the clouds and all I could see were the clouds that were hovering above me. Suddenly we penetrated the clouds And I was taken into the sky above the clouds where the sun was shining brightly. And at that point, I understood that when we try to perceive the world through our senses, we often fail because our vision is always obscured by our tainted perceptions through the mind and the beliefs and the programming that we've had. Truth exists beyond the realm of our obscured vision. And then at that point, I was prompted to to start writing. And this is the information that came through for me. Truth just is. It cannot be understood with the logical mind. The mind will attempt to define it and conceptualize it and put it in a neat little package, which is how we end up with dogma. Truth exists in the void outside of time and space. It is infinite and everlasting. It does not change. For those who seek it, your hearts are drawn to it like magnets. But first, the mind must yield to the heart and surrender your will to thy will. Only then will you come to know truth. Truth can only be understood through embodiment. You will know that you've touched it when it resonates in every cell of your body. Your hairs on your arms will stand on end, and your perception will suddenly shift in the aha moment. This is a process of illumination whereby every strand of DNA will light up or awaken and propel you toward inspired action. So 
what was really amazing about this message is that the day after I had received it, I happened to be reading a chapter from my Gene Keys book. Now, Gene Keys is a spiritual text by Richard Rudd, and Heather and I and some other ladies are currently studying it. And I basically read something that was almost identical to the message that I had received in this chapter that I was reading. And Richard Rudd in the Gene Keys books talks about how our shadows and our gifts are encoded in our DNA. And in this particular chapter, he was talking about the gift of insight. He states, you cannot afford to trust any external source that claims wisdom or knowledge. It is not that you stop listening to such things, but that you stop being influenced by them. It is only then that you trust your inner core that comes from deep within your cells, from the DNA itself. As this 43rd gift, which in this case is insight, is rooted in the acoustic field, the insight is not seen, but heard subacoustically, and it is experienced as a flood of knowing inside the cells of your body. The process of insight is a very transformational experience as it touches you right to your core. So really, you know, what he's talking about is, you know, when we do get these insights and these aha moments is really when we are touching truth. And, you know, basically that you cannot get there through the mind that you need to just tap into your your inner core to get there. I love what came through in the Akashic records. I think that's amazing. We've all had that lightning bolt moment where all your hairs on your arms are standing up and you just get that chill that moves Mm -hmm. through your body. And Mm -hmm. you know that something someone said is the God honest truth. Mm -hmm. You just, it's like your whole body stands at attention Mm -hmm. and you just know it. I just love that. Yep. And that's where those miracles and magic exist, you know, (laughs) that's when they happen. So, well, we thank all those lovely humans out there listening to this episode. We would love to hear your comments on our YouTube channel and on our social media platforms that we have linked below. Please join us next week for part three of our Truth versus Illusion series, where we're going to dive deeper into how to stay centered and connected to your own truth. See you guys. See you. See you.